Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I have no idea what podcast number this is. <laughs> I usually look. It's in the 200s, right? Anyway, I am lying down on the job today or laying down on the job. That's one of those words that I always have to look up to figure out how to use correctly. Literally, I am laying down because um, I'm still in recovery from my hysterectomy. I am in a phase of what I'm calling aggressive rest. And there's totally possible that I talked about this last week. Anyway, I'm still there. This week, my goal is to be flat on my back as much as possible to um, not put pressure on all the inside things that need to heal. I know. I don't want to be gross, but this has been a more difficult recovery than I expected. So there's been a lot of adjustment in my brain that's had to go on. Anyway, I do want to let you guys know that I believe I have two more podcasts left after this one before I take my summer break. If you are new around here, you may not know that I do that. So my encouragement to you is for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast because I will come back in August. I'm not sure the exact date, but it's mid-August or something like that. And if you're subscribed in whatever podcast app that you like, Apple Podcasts or um, Stitcher or whatever, as long as you're subscribed, then when the new one comes in August, it'll just pop up in your podcast app. So that's the best way you know, and I am being selfish because I don't want you to forget about me. Um, but also, no, there's a whole lot of podcasts that you can go back and listen to if you haven't listened to them. Also, follow me on Instagram. That's probably where I'll be the most active over the summer. If I if I post anything, it'll probably be there. So anyway, and also my newsletter. I do send out my newsletter in the summer with older quality things that are very helpful for you. So go to a slobcomesclean.com slash newsletter if you want to do that. And then I'm a slobcomesclean on Instagram. Okay. Um, Just a little explanation of why I take summers off. I think most people probably understand why I take summers off. Um, You know, I tried my first year of blogging to keep blogging like I had been and also, you know, having my kids home for the summer. I couldn't do it. And partly that's me. You know, I'm kind of a throw myself into things all the way kind of a person. And to have two different things that I really, really wanted to throw myself into completely. And just the natural chaos that is summer that I honestly enjoy and want to embrace as a mom with my kids. I didn't do that. Um, I didn't do it well. And so the next year I tried to kind of back off. And then probably three years in, I said, I am taking summers off completely. And it's the best thing that I've done. It helps me, you know, I think it's how I've been able to do what I'm doing for like 10 years now, which is crazy. Because I have I know that that break is coming. Um, It's funny to me, if you think that your kids don't care about that kind of stuff. um, A couple years ago, my um, I think it was during one of the book writing processes or something. My oldest, he was probably 15 at the time. Something came up and he said, you are taking the summer off, right? And I mean, this is somebody who he's not, it's not like he's playing games with mama, you know, but he just knows summer is 
more relaxing and more fun for everybody. And, you know, I mean, a lot of it is that summer is not, (laughs) it's not a do nothing time. It's actually a crazy time of taking people places and doing things and, and, you know, but I can roll with the punches a whole lot more when I've kind of let go of this. And I fully acknowledge that not everybody's job allows them to do that. But that's kind of one of my parameters for doing this as my job is that I'm going to be the one in control and I'm going to say, sorry, you know, I'm taking some time off so that I can live the life I want to live. Okay. All right. So I'm answering some questions and a lot of them are specifically kind of around the idea of donation. And um, there might be some other things that we'll talk about, but three different questions that I had had in the list of questions um, are around donations. And so if you are new here, know that I'm all about donating. Okay. I mean, I have podcasts and I have posts on how to have a great garage sale. I know how to have a great garage sale, mostly because I went to so many garage sales, which is how I ended up in the mess that I was in when I started a blog anonymously called A Slob Comes Clean back in 09. So I went to so many garage sales, I knew and I saw what worked and what didn't work. And so I get it. Okay, I'm not saying you can't have a garage sale, because I'm not saying you can't do anything. You do what you want. It's your house. Um, If a garage sale is the thing that motivates you, great. However, for me personally, I came to a point where I embraced donating. I did not come there easily. I didn't come there by some woman on the internet telling me that that's what I should do. Honestly, I came to that point because I had tried all of the ways of selling things, like all of the ways. I had done eBay. I had done Craigslist. I had done FreeCycle. You know, I don't know. Is FreeCycle still a thing? I know there are buy nothing groups or sell nothing groups and things like that. That's the same concept. But FreeCycle was a Yahoo group thing where um, people just gave away their stuff. And I thought, okay, you know, this is a big step for me to just give it away. But, you know, the reality what you know, and here's the 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 motivation behind free cycle, as opposed to donating to some place, is that, you know, I know that this item from my house is going to somebody who really wants it and somebody who really use it. But here's the problem with all of those things. There was no immediate reward. Reward being the stuff being out of my house, which is actually the definition of decluttering success. Definition written by me because I've written books and so I get to make up definitions for things. The reality of every other way that I've ever tried to get stuff out of my house other than donating is that it involves multiple steps, meaning I have to list it somewhere. I have to store it somewhere while I'm waiting to have enough to have the garage sale. You know, a garage sale, oh my word, there's a bajillion steps there, correct? Right? Everybody who's had one ever knows that there are tons of work. But anyway, so it's it's the multiple steps. It's the effort involved where donating is sticking it in a box and then getting it to the place or having someone come pick it up. Okay. Now, it's funny because You know, I talk about all the time. I'm like, if you think that your area, because I know, I know when you live in a rural area, I'm not officially rural. How many times can I say rural? I'm not officially in a rural area, but I am in a non-large city area with all of the access to things that my parents have. You know, they live in a major suburb of Dallas and they 
I mean, you know, they've got people wanting to come pick up stuff from their house basically every day of the week if they wanted to. I don't have that. We don't have anybody who regularly comes around and picks stuff up. So the main thing that I tell you, if you don't know how to donate because you think you live in an area where you don't ask on social media, okay, you are listening to a podcast. There is a 90% chance just because you are listening to a podcast that you have some sort of social media. Ask your local friends or ask them in person if you need to, hey, what's your favorite way to donate stuff in our area? I am telling you, if you have a ton of clutter in your house, it's because you're not donating it regularly, which means you don't know as much about donating as the people who don't have a ton of stuff in their house. Because the people who have houses without clutter have houses without clutter because they're constantly getting rid of their clutter. And so they know how to donate things. Does that make sense? I haven't even gotten to the questions and I'm already preaching on donating. Anyway, part of my thing here is y'all, I am kind of the queen of decluttering. As I tell my husband all the time when he rolls his eyes at my decluttering advice, I'm like, um, I'm one of the world's leading decluttering experts, which I believe me, I know is hilarious, but it's true. Anyway, but here I am, I am constantly donating, I am constantly in the know about decluttering and random people literally stop me on the street to talk about decluttering. And I was talking to a friend the other day, and she just casually mentioned you know, setting up a pickup with blah, blah, blah place that I'd never even heard of before. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, oh, I always call such and such place and set up a donation and they will come and pick it up. I didn't know that this place existed in my town. So you better believe I had her send me that contact right then so that I have this other donation place. Um, So ask people, it is completely and totally possible that there really is no one, no place in your area, but that possibility is so strong. And don't think that there's no possibility if you haven't asked, because again, people who don't have clutter in their house know how to get rid of stuff. That's how they don't have clutter. Okay. All right. I have preached enough on that specific subject. Hi, Stella. I'm not sure if you're still listening or not, but um, when I, I don't remember what it was that I wrote, but I had um, Stella from Australia. She had offered and I had had her read something before I put it out. And, you know, she's not a Christian. And she said, you know, you said something about preaching. And I just wanted you to know that that kind of has a negative connotation. And I said, oh, I know it has a negative connotation. That's what I meant when I said it. So when I'm saying I've preached enough about that, I'm acknowledging that, um, It's a little obnoxious for me to get off on this rant about donating. Our sponsor is BetterHelp. I can tell you without a doubt that the best way to start making real progress in your home is to do the dishes. But the reality is that sometimes people need someone that they can talk to about the related struggles like grief, anxiety, trauma, and depression. BetterHelp is online counseling that helps you connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. If you know you need to look into getting counseling, but you're overwhelmed with how to even start, check out BetterHelp. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear this is not a crisis line. 
One big advantage, since I know I have readers everywhere, is that there is broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CLEAN, so why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash clean. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. All right, so the first question is, where should I put donate boxes? In the donate spot. Okay, let's move on. No, um... I know what you're saying is like, where do I put it? I don't care where you put it. Okay, we have a donate spot. Right now it's in the garage. It used to be in our game room office. I know, I'm really big on calling it a game room. And yet still my family defaults to calling it an office from all the years of it being game room, office, storage, whatever. Anyway, I used to have a spot right by the back door. That spot has been taken over by our shoe area because I kind of moved our shoes where they wouldn't be what you see when you um, look into that room from the living room. Uh, so, you know, the the donation spot is out in the garage, which is not the greatest. I mean, because my garage is not in the greatest shape right now. And, you know, I've talked about that before. Anyway, just having a place where you know and your family knows that there's a box there always for you to take stuff, you know, when, oh, these pants are too short. Well, they were clean when you put them on. So let's just think of it the same way as, you know, if you're trying on clothes in a store and you don't actually buy it, you know, those pants are too short, go take them to the donate box. You know, so having an established place in the house um, is very helpful. Now it has to be contained space, meaning, you know, this is the limit to this space, which then triggers that it's time to actually get that stuff out of the house, take it to the car to go drop it off, or call and have a pickup. Come on. Uh, here's another thing too. I saw another friend post on Facebook, hey, where's the best place to donate clothing? And people answered with little clothing donation drop off things that I didn't even know existed. So again, proof. Don't assume that there's nowhere for you to donate stuff. Ask before you assume, okay? Because you might be surprised. There might be, oh, well, you know, so-and-so always holds a garage sale every year to raise money for such-and-such and and she'll take your stuff. I mean, it it may be something as unofficial as that. Um, So anyway, as far as the donate spot goes, there's also other places to keep a donate box. Perhaps if you have room, if you don't have room, then you don't have room and I'm sorry. But if you have room in your laundry area or your laundry room to keep a donate box, that's a great place to keep an ongoing donate spot so that as, you know, clothes that are outgrown or whatever come out of the dryer, you can just stick them straight into the donate box. I mean, that that is key for us to kind of keep that clutter threshold of clothing under control. You might have a donate box um, in your playroom, you know, if you have a playroom. We don't have a playroom anymore, obviously. I say obviously, but my kids are old now. Um, but you, you might have have that set up so that your kids know. And part of having a donate spot and an established donate box place where those things go is that it helps with that whole lifestyle of decluttering. It helps with that whole attachment issue to have a place where you know as things are being outgrown, I go ahead and take it there 
to the donate spot, put it in a donate box. And there's something in the brain that starts to change as you do that. As you start thinking along those lines, then it somehow just kind of breaks that attachment to stuff because it is an ongoing, oh, I get rid of things when I don't need it anymore, as opposed to the project mentality of never getting rid of anything unless you are officially, quote unquote, doing a decluttering project. So I'm saying then it make because you're going to do decluttering projects. That's just part of life. When you get to that decluttering project, if you have naturally been letting go of some things along the way and putting them in the donate box that's in the donate spot, then it isn't quite such a mountain to climb mentally to get rid of stuff in the midst of a decluttering project. Do you know what I'm saying? It just kind of breaks that big daunting, every time I get rid of something, it's a really big deal. Let me tell you about our sponsor, Carbona. Carbona has been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. Carbona offers a wide range of cleaning and home care solutions that deliver impressive results from specific stain removers for specific stain types to highly efficient products for your laundry, carpets, and washing machine. Okay, because I have a family of five humans and two dogs, I have the amazing opportunity to try out the products that Carbona sent me on real life messes on a regular basis. Soon after I got a box in the mail, one of my dogs upchucked, that's how we say threw up, on my beautiful new, new to me, okay, living room rug right on the white part of the rug. I dug through the box of Carbona products and decided to try their two-in-one oxy-powered carpet cleaner. It's a bottle with a scrub brush and sponge actually attached to it, like to the bottle itself. I love it when what I need is already just right there. So the carpet cleaner comes out of the bottle straight through the brush attachment. And with just what I had in this product, I was able to tackle the mess immediately. And I'm happy to say that the spot was completely gone, like on the white and the spot. It was kind of orangish. It was super gross. But anyway, um, but it's completely gone. So yay for that. A little more about the carpet cleaner. It's complete with oxy powered formula with active foam technology. This is a proprietary formula technology that actively removes stains and odors with a bubbling action, leaving carpets clean and fresh. For the two-in-one stain removal, the built-in applicator sponge cleans surface stains and odors while the bristles deep clean carpet fibers. Want to start living your life unstained? Shop Carbona, C-A-R-B-O-N-A dot com with code CLEAN for 20% off your order. Again, use the code CLEAN at Carbona.com for 20% off your order. This is from Podcast Suggestions that I have gotten from you guys. I got them on Instagram. It's been several months ago and uh, my assistant put them into a spreadsheet for me and that has been very helpful in these times where I'm not really in the mindset to be thinking of a full-on declutter podcast idea. Okay, here's a suggestion. You could talk about ways to declutter without creating landfill, e.g. donation ideas. I feel some preaching coming on, fully acknowledging that preaching has a negative connotation. I totally understand the desire to get rid of things in the very best way. There are a bajillion articles on the internet about the very best, you know, where to get rid of this and where to get rid of that and where to get rid of this. 
The reason that I do not focus on that kind of stuff, well, there's two reasons. First of all, I know that back in the day when decluttering was such a huge mountainous struggle for me, I would look at things and think and separate things out into, I'm going to give this to so-and-so and and I'm going to give, donate this in this place. I'm going to do this in this place. And it made the process take longer. Okay. As I just donated to a place, to one place, I've said before, the way I decide where I'm going to donate is who doesn't make me sort stuff out. Okay. If a place doesn't take clothes or will only take clothes, I'm sorry, I'm going to go donate to the place that'll take everything so I can just throw it all in one box. Because getting it out faster is what builds that decluttering momentum, is what gives me that actual, oh, wow, that stuff is gone. I never have to think about it again. Oh, I like that feeling. Okay, I'm going to keep decluttering. That momentum is so important to me that the speed of getting it out is really important. You know, so this is my personal experience to just stick it all in the donate box and give it to the place that will take everything. My professional experience as someone who everybody shares their decluttering struggles with, my professional experience is that, yes, it was a roadblock for me. Yes, it made the process take so much longer than it needed to and often caused a lot of problems. But what I see is there are people who that idea of sending stuff to the very, very best possible place, that idea can be paralyzing. And the research on the very best way to get rid of this one specific item can consume people to the point where then the piles are getting so much higher that they're not actually getting anything done. And then it's that much more overwhelming because now the piles are that much higher then they want to escape into fixating on another very best way to get rid of such and such. Okay. So I donate to somewhere that takes everything. Now I have a podcast where I interviewed someone from the Dallas Goodwill organization, and she specifically was talking about how they deal with all this stuff. You know, the wires and things for electronics that you have no idea what electronics they came from. Those wires, you know, that that can be paralyzing. Oh, shouldn't I? You know, that's part of what they do is separating those out and getting those to a place that specifically gets whatever it is out of those wires that needs to be recycled. Um, One shoe, they send those you know, odd shoes or worn out shoes or whatever, they send those to people who specifically take shoe parts and recycle them and, you know, do what needs to be done to actually make use of those one shoes, one shoes, single shoes. Yeah, Uh, that is what they do. So there's a lot of (sighs) feeling that happens when you realize, oh, somebody else is going to (sighs) make sure that all those things go to the right places and don't just end up in the landfill. That's part of the service that a lot of, you know, that a thrift store provides. I view somebody who takes my clutter as doing me a service. I don't view it as I am being so kind, giving them all my stuff. I view it as thank you, thank you, thank you 
for helping me get this stuff out of my house. Because when you have lived with clutter issues like I have, you know how paralyzing it is when you're like, all this stuff is just sitting here and I don't know what to do with it. For someone to take that is a huge, I'm incredibly grateful for that. I view that as a service. But then to let to know that they take all that stuff and then they do something with it. They don't just throw it in the trash. Okay. Now you may want to look into specific organizations and find out what they do, but do it with the idea of, I need to find out which place in my area does the best job of getting things to the right places to be recycled and and all that kind of stuff. um, Because that's where I'm going to give my stuff. Not with the idea of, you know, I'm going to research this forever and then never actually declutter. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, and here's the thing. You can find on the internet the base, best way to get rid of this, the best way to get rid of that. Who could use your extra this? We know what, you know, schools, nursing homes, all that kind of stuff. You know, what are the best things to donate to those places? I get that. The key factor here is getting stuff out of your house. If you have the personality, which a lot of people do, if you have the personality to divide all that stuff up and go get it delivered to all these different places, then do that. But be honest with yourself and say, okay, well, Dana couldn't do that. So maybe I can be honest with myself and say that I couldn't, I can't do it either. Be honest with yourself that you're never actually going to get those things delivered to all their perfect places. And then they're just going to sit there in your house. And that's not decluttering if it just sits in your house. Do whatever you are actually going to do to get stuff out of your house. Now, remember that a big part of the goal of decluttering is to get your house down to your actual clutter threshold, which is what you can handle. And perhaps that is you getting it down to the point where you can do these things that you want to do, where you're only getting rid of a few things from your kitchen. And so you actually have the time to figure out the very best place to donate wooden spoons. I don't know. You know, I mean, and then you go do it because you're not as overwhelmed by your home as you used to be. Okay. One last thing about donating. Um, I think this is all I'm going to talk about today since I've successfully rambled on about this particular subject. Um, But here we go. How to get past the guilt of the trash bag instead of fixing to donate. There's several angles to come at this question from, um, from which to come at this question. I don't even know if that's the proper way to say it, whatever. Um, how do you get past the guilt of the trash bag instead of fixing to donate? With three question marks, which shows angst. I feel the angst in this question. Guilt of the trash bag instead of fixing to donate. First of all, in that podcast where I talked to the person from Goodwill, Dallas, um, and all Goodwills are like their own independent thing. So it's different for the different areas. You have to check into your own. But in that, she specifically talked about parts of things, you know, things being donated for parks, broken jewelry. There's a ton of crafters who that's where they get their stuff is going and getting, you know, beads and things like that from Goodwill. You know, so it is that fine line between trash and something that is good for parts. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, if if something truly is trash and, you know, ask the place where you're donating, say, do you want broken lamps or would it be best for me to throw it away? 
you know, just ask him. That's a quick phone call that can turn a switch in your head that might make you be able to make a lot of decluttering progress. Okay. Um, But, you know, she specifically talks a lot about, you know, what kinds of stuff that they want. Old computers that are broken, you know, those things can be broken down and the different parts of them recycled or sold or whatever. So, you know, a lot of times that kind of stuff, yes, can be donated. But then there are some places where maybe they don't want that kind of stuff. Maybe they don't have the resources or whatever. So that's where you want to do the research in your area of what to do you know, what kinds of things do they take? What kinds of things are they, you know, allowed to take? I know that exercise equipment can be a real issue. Here, Here's the deal. It all comes down to getting it out of your house. Sometimes if it's a quick fix, just like in my own decluttering process of putting something in its final home, you know, taking the four minutes to actually fix it, because I've been building up in my mind that it's going to be this big deal or giving myself five minutes to see if I can start fixing this and how long it's actually going to take to fix it. Say, okay, I'm going to give myself five minutes. I'm going to set a five minute timer and I'm going to just see if I'm able to fix this. Usually within those five minutes, I'm not saying you're going to be done in five minutes. Sometimes you actually might be shockingly, but sometimes you might it might take you five minutes of looking at it with the perspective of I'm actually going to fix this that makes you go, oh, this is actually not fixable. Or it makes you go, oh, well, this would require me ordering a part for $15 and waiting. And yeah, no, I'm not I'm not going to do that. It's not worth it to me to do a, you know, a, a $15 part for something that really, truly I don't need it. I've already replaced it or whatever it is. You know, I've already bought a new vacuum cleaner and I've been using this new vacuum cleaner for a year and I still have the old one thinking, oh, I need to fix that before I donate it. And in reality, it's not, you know, another thing too is putting it out there on as free on some of these Facebook sales groups. Okay. Sometimes that will be a way, not as a way to make money, not as a way to put it off, but as a way to help you break through that mental, that mental block of of being willing to get rid of something. So it might be a, hey, I have a broken vacuum cleaner. Anybody want it? It's free. Needs to be picked up today. And then you know, is there somebody in this area that picks up broken vacuum cleaners? Because I'll tell you, when I have had garage sales in the past, I have had broken vacuum cleaners that I put free broken on it, lawnmowers, same things. And honestly, they're some of the first things to go. Like people want to pick because that's what they do. That's how they make their money. Again, I view that as a service for them to take that out of my house. And, you know, for me to not feel guilty about it going to the landfill or whatever. So, you know, putting that out there, I've got, you know, a broken such and such. Anybody wants it, come pick it up. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, throw it away or I'm going to, you know, stick it in the donate box if the donation place, you know, takes stuff like that that you're using. I hope that's helpful to you in that it's such a tough thing because the ultimate goal is to get it out of the house. But these these emotions and this guilt that so many of us who really viewed ourselves, you know, at one point in our lives, I'm going to be a fix it person someday. Oh, I enjoyed fixing this one thing that I fixed, you know, years ago, 
And that made me go, oh, well, I wonder if I could fix that. And I wonder if I could fix that. And I wonder if I could fix that. So I'm not going to get rid of it. And then all of a sudden it piles up and then I'm overwhelmed. It's the getting it out quickly that there's such value in. There's such value in loading up the donate boxes and getting those things out of here. The ultimate question comes down to how am I actually going to get out of my house? Um, and, and, And again, the goal is not to be filling up black trash bags for the rest of your life. The goal is to reduce the feeling of overwhelm so that you can then keep going so that then you can make actual visible sustainable progress, which makes your home easier to maintain. And so putting actual real trash in the trash bags is part of the process to get you to the point where you don't have huge numbers of trash bags that you're filling up. See what I'm saying? You know, I mean, there's people who are like, trash, trash isn't clutter. And I'm like, but it is for the person who's overwhelmed with clutter. They've got to get rid of that first layer. And that first layer then makes you feel successful. Another thing to remember always is when you are stuck on one item, skip that item and go to the stuff that you're not stuck on. That's a big part of the problem is sometimes you'll think, well, in my garage, I've got two broken vacuum cleaners and a broken, I don't know, I'm making things up off the top of my head, a broken lawnmower and a broken steam carpet cleaner, you know, and knowing that those things out are out there and knowing that it stresses you out to think of throwing those things away when, you know, but it also stresses you out to think about putting them you know, on Facebook and saying, does anybody want these to fix? But it also stresses you out to think about calling your local donation place to ask them if they take stuff like that or not. You know, I mean, all those things stress you out. Don't worry about that first. Go ahead and head out to the garage and look for other obvious trash that doesn't stress you out and start throwing that away. Look for obvious, easy stuff that doesn't stress you out. Start moving those things to their already established homes that they're just not in for whatever reason. Start asking yourself the two decluttering questions about different items. But when you, when one thing, when this one item stresses you out, don't let it keep you from doing anything. Because that's where the real problem and the real major clutter issues come from is knowing that there's something out there that I don't know what to do with. And so I'm just going to not go out there. Meanwhile, the clutter builds, continues, and I'm that much more overwhelmed and it's that much harder to get started. Don't start with that stuff. Acknowledge that sometimes these items that are stressing you out are emotionally equivalent to maybe grandma's rocking chair. You know, I always say don't start with that stuff. Start with the stuff that doesn't make you your brain want to explode, start with the easy stuff. And then the visible progress that you make will change how you view that stuff. When you get rid of all that trash that, well, of course that was trash. And you go, Oh my word, this place looks so much better. I like my house so much better. I feel so much better now that that is gone. It may change how you view this other stuff. You, you might look at that broken lawnmower and go, wow, I feel so much better with that other stuff gone. I'm going to really feel better when this is gone. So I am going to get on that Facebook and I'm going to ask anybody if they want it. If they don't want it, well, I am going to put it out, you know, and also realize in a lot of places, especially rural places, there are people 
who drive around on trash day. I know what happens in our neighborhood. They drive around on trash day before the trash truck comes and they get stuff. And so we will often put things out there the night before specifically so that people can come by and pick it up. People who want it. And then if nobody picked it up, I mean, we had something one time that I was just sure people were going to pick up, but it had been out there since the night before in the light while it was still light out. And um, the trash people just put it in the trash. And I thought, well, we tried, you know, so it was kind of like that mental me letting go of going, well, I tried to get it out there for people who would actually be able to use it. And nobody wanted it, you know, so it went in the trash anyway. Yeah. So the goal is to get stuff out, whatever it takes. And don't let one item or two items or one category of items keep you from doing anything. Start with something else. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.